Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well. Whatever part of the day you're in, whatever it is that you're doing, I hadn't said this in a while, I used to, but whatever it is that you're doing, folks, uh, when you listen, I, I'm grateful for you're here, that whether it's, you know, fold laundry, doing dishes, driving to work, getting ready for work, at the office during a break, conference period, whenever you listen, whatever time you're giving to this podcast, a few days a week or each day as we're starting to move toward, I'm, I'm very grateful that you continue to show up and spend a little time together with me and assume that you're getting something out of it, hope that you are. Hope that I'm using your time wisely and hopefully that our country has helped, even if just a little bit. That that saying, I'll go back, I haven't talked about that sermon in quite a while. There's a phenomenal sermon from the middle of the 17th century and really kind of helped light the spark for the revolution, according to a number of writers. And that was one comment of that pastor was... If this just helps just a little bit, then it was worth it. So I, I try and maintain that attitude. And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, because uh, we had a banner week last week, uh, not to mention the month. So thank you, because it has to be y'all sharing it with other people. For sure. So I, I'm, I'm very humbled by that and grateful. We're going to take one of our little walks. Uh, two birds out. No dogs, no cats, no children, no wife. So <laughs> just us right now. It is a little windy. Hopefully not too windy. So that y'all can still hear. So today is D-Day. And for those of y'all that are not familiar. I'm assuming most of y'all are. Uh, I'll read just a little little snippet about it. This is oh, just a little precursor. I'm going to read FDR uh, his prayer either the day of or the night before. But then this is just a little blip at the beginning. As dawn broke on June 6, 1944, German soldiers defending the French coast at Normandy beheld an awe-inspiring sight. The largest amphibious invasion force in history massed in the waters of the English Channel. The long-awaited invasion of Northwest Europe was underway. The giant invasion had taken years to organize. Hundreds of thousands of men and millions of tons of weapons and equipment were transported across the Atlantic Ocean to Britain in advance of this operation. The invasion force consisted chiefly of Americans, Britons, and Canadians, but troops of the Free French and many other nations also participated. The invasion was was a culmination of Franklin Roosevelt's grand strategy especially his decision to pursue a Germany-first policy 
and his insistence in the face of Churchill's preference for a peripheral strategy that the operation go forward in 1944. The Normandy invasion established a solid second front in Europe. Its success left Hitler's armies trapped in a vice, fighting the Red Army in the east and an expanding Anglo-American-Canadian force in the west. During the tense early hours of the invasion, FDR monitored reports from the front. That evening, he delivered a statement to the American people. It took the form of a prayer, which he read on national radio. Before I get into it, folks, I want to mention two things that are hugely important here. The first, the lesser of the two, from a military point of view, FDR didn't have the technology at the time to contact his generals constantly throughout the battle and tell them what to do. Our presidents today have that technology, and our leaders have become much more micromanagers. This is a horrible, horrible trait for the military. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the key reasons the Marine Corps has been so successful, more so than other branches in recent history, is because we pushed down authority to lower ranks, meaning we gave younger and less experienced men more responsibility, and and they rose to it. If you're going to put people in charge, folks, I, we, working in oil and gas, I'm going to lean on my work experience for just a second. We had men when I worked that job that were called company men, and they controlled all the actions out on a rig. A rig would be out in the middle of wherever. Y'all have seen them as you've driven by these oil rigs drilling the wells, and they were responsible for the day-to-day -day functioning for everything. Everything fell under their purview. Uh, and I talked to, shockingly enough, a Marine uh, that was one of the company men there. And phenomenal salary, folks. Uh, just to give you an idea, they're making somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000 a day, maybe $1,200, $2,000, depending upon what part of the country and what the requirements were, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, a phenomenal paycheck. Of course, this, this man had been doing this for decades. And he told me once, though, that it had turned into a situation similar where the engineers would call from the offices constantly. We need to do this. We need to do that. You need to do this. This, this. He said, I've got to be one of the best paid secretaries in the entire nation. And he said, you know, if, if, if they don't trust me to do the job, they really ought to find somebody else to do it and pay them a lot less. There's another situation, and I know I'm getting a little bit off track here, so I'll try and go through this quickly. Uh, there's a letter that just recently came through some of the military channels that my father still has contact with. And it was a letter from the man that ended up retiring a general, but at the time of the L.A. riots was a lieutenant colonel. And in this letter, the lieutenant colonel talked about how often he had heard from his chain of command and did a phenomenal job by all accounts, public, politically, privately. And in this letter, this lieutenant colonel, my father just driving in the road, speak of the devil. Uh, he said, I hardly heard from anybody. And that was great because they let me do my job. They trusted me to do my job and they let me do my job, which was also important because I was constantly busy. If I get a chance sometime, I'll come back and read that letter or that interview by that lieutenant colonel. But that's the big thing here. Uh, FDR cut these people loose, told them what, you know, gave them, this is what we need to accomplish. Go after it. You're the experts. 
we we have got to get back to that. Of course, we've got to get a, a military that's centered on God again first, and then we've got to get back to that. The second thing here, folks, is a prayer. Where did FDR turn again? Prayer. And this was right around the time of separation of church and state. And, and, but, but it hadn't taken full hold yet at all, not by any means. That was still a couple decades away. Prayer, turn to God. Uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna read a little letter from Eisen, uh, Eisenhower too, General Eisenhower, the letter to the troops that day. Again, turn to God. And there's a little snippet that I really wanted to talk to. I think I've got time real quick. Well, I'll tell you what, if I have time, I'll come back to it. I'll go ahead and read this prayer from FDR. On the night of June 6, 1944, President Roosevelt went on national radio to address the nation for the first time about the Normandy invasion. His speech took the form of a prayer. The date and time of the Normandy invasion had been top secret during a national radio broadcast on June 5th about the Allied liberation of Rome. President Roosevelt made no mention of the Normandy operation already underway at that time. When he spoke to the country on June 6th, the president felt the need to explain his earlier silence. Shortly before he went on the air, he added several handwritten lines to the opening of a speech that addressed that point. They read, Last night, when I spoke to you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And this is the text of his radio address, June 6th, 1944. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew that at that moment, troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true, give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day without rest until victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers, 
of brave men overseas whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them. Help us, Almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in Thee in this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer. As we rise to each new day, and again when each day is spent, let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. Give to us strength to strengthen our daily tasks, to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support of our armed forces, and let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travail, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O oh Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events or temporal matters of but fleeting moment. Let not these deter us in our uncomfortable purpose. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men, and a peace that will let all of men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, Almighty God. Amen. <laughs> uh, there's a lot there, folks. Uh, <laughs> probably could split this into two podcast and still talk about things. I'm going to go ahead and read real quick uh, Eisenhower's letter to his troops, just because it is D-Day and it's important to remember these things. Supreme Headquarters Allied Expeditionary Force, sailors, soldiers, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to bark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers-in-arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since Nazi triumphs of 1940 and 41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle man to man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home fronts have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. 
we will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. Dwight D. Eisenhower. So there's a lot of things here, folks. Uh, and I'm, I've run up against the end, which is fine. That's better anyway to read the actual writings of of our, of our leaders and founders when we do that. You know, that's some days I do a pretty good job of that. Some days I don't. But that's why it's so important, because we have so many people today that talk either out of ignorance or malevolence and they don't go back to truth. They don't go back to our heritage. But both of these men, Eisenhower leading and, and Roosevelt as president at that time, where do they turn? They turn to God. And, and folks, there's so many references. Uh, the last ending struck me right now that I will be done. Uh, from Eisenhower, that's a direct reference to to what? To God the Father of Jesus Christ uh, and, and the Holy Spirit. This was not a prayer to some random deity, to, to Mother Nature or, or Buddhism, Hinduism, or, athe- or yeah, atheism, anything like that, Islam. This was a prayer for both of these men directed toward God the Father of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, because our, our, our country was founded as a Christian republic, as we talk about so often. And there's, there's, we're going to talk about this coming up pretty soon anyway, but there's a couple points here. Uh, they seem like little points, but they're not. And, and if you're paying attention to what's going on today, you see this. But absolutely, did we have women involved in World War II? 100%. Did we have women pretending to be men or co-ed units in this invasion? No, not at all. And that goes back to our police and our firefighters too, folks. When your back's against the wall, you don't have any room for political correctness. And all of these these modern ideas, for quote, progressive, unquote, ideas. Uh, you know, when we're really in trouble, again and again and again, we turn to God and, and we face the facts and we act based on truth not based on fairy tales. One last little thing. Our pastor this weekend, phenomenal sermon for a number of reasons. Uh, The biggest one is that he really hammered uh, some points about all the violence that's been going on, uh, the shooting in Uvalde, uh, the killing of these grandchildren and grandfather by this escaped convict, and, and talked about why is this happening? What's happening because of problems of the heart, because we've rejected God. Talked about rejection of God out of our schools on the Supreme Court case. We've got to have men like this that lead from the pulpit every time, almost without fail, particularly the two civil wars that we've had in our country, our Revolutionary War and then our Civil War. But, you know, I always say the revolutionary is because we were British citizens. You had great awakenings, and we've got to have that now, folks. We've got to turn to God wholeheartedly uh, with a sense of urgency, to say the least. Uh, but he, he talked briefly about the Apollo 13 mission, if you're familiar with the movie, or uh, where our astronauts got up and uh, ran into some real problems. And there was a, a, a clip. I mean, at the time, this was Walter Cronkite, I believe, is how you pronounce the name. Y'all are familiar. Many of y'all are. Uh, was reporter, news anchor, and and made mention of the fact that both houses of Congress 
had asked the nation to pray for the safe return of our astronauts. Here again, Eisenhower and FDR both, and FDR explicitly, not just one day, folks, but night and day, every morning when you get up, every night when you go to bed. Do you think there's any way on God's green earth that unapologetically, unequivocally, we could have both houses today turn to God or a president that openly without being sneered at and jeered at by almost half of our society, or, or hopefully not that many, but the leftist citizens that vote for the godless values of, of the evil left. There's no way. And that just gives you a little inclination of where we are if you don't have one already. We have got some dark times coming, folks. We've got some pain coming. It is coming. Just logically, you look at it. We cannot continue down this path. We're either going to go you know, off the cliff toward socialism and communism like the USSR, or we're going to go toward uh, or maybe we'll turn it around somehow. Maybe. Always got to throw that in there. Uh, but probably not. Or, or we're going to go toward a fight. Those are our options. And, uh, man, one way or the other, folks, I cannot encourage you enough individually and your families, especially men, that you leave your families to God the Father of Jesus Christ. And, and not, not as something you just do as a, you know, a sideline acknowledgement, just kind of wave your hand at him, but, but really turn the hearts of your wives and your children back toward God the Father and Jesus Christ, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'll leave you alone, folks. Definitely took up enough of your time. Uh, if you get a chance, Spirit of Influence, Patrick Henry, talk to somebody today about D-Day. Uh, remind them what it is, how important it is, uh, especially your kids, wives, husbands. You know, just at least mention it. It was a huge deal, folks. Huge deal. Still is a huge deal because there's an example in these prayers by these great leaders at that time. Not saying they're perfect, not saying they didn't have a lot of mistakes, but in this moment, at this time, they turned to the right place. They turned to God. And we need to follow their example in this moment. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Looking forward to it, folks.